Well, hello there, studio teacher friends. Christina Whitlock here, your host and self-appointed anytime piano teacher friend. Welcome to your weekly shout out of solidarity, which is brought to you ad free because of my faithful supporters over on Patreon. Check out christinawhitlock.com slash support for more information on how you can help. For now, let's get on with the show. You are listening to episode 153 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Cheers to one simple yet effective lesson activity. Whew, it has been a week, friends. I'm not going to lie. Now, everything is fine in my little world, so do not worry about me, but it's just not been an easy one. So, this episode is releasing late, and I decided to change topics because, in all honesty, I had originally planned on sharing something pretty vulnerable today, and I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to do it justice. (laughs) So I am going to go ahead and say cheers to myself for making that call. And I'm going to use this as an opportunity to remind you that so many of the expectations we place on ourselves are merely that, self-imposed expectations. It is okay to divert from the plan, my friends. So this is me leading by example. If you have listened to this show for any length of time, you already know that I like to think deep. I consider myself sort of a philosopher of the profession, so I often show up here talking about big picture concepts. At the same time, I know that sometimes it's nice just to hear a super practical takeaway. (laughs) So that's what we're doing today. I am in my first week back to teaching after a three-week break, and it was one of those glorious breaks that actually felt like a break. It was great. (laughs) But my first day back to teaching was also on one of those pesky Monday holidays where the kids have been out of school all day, and I knew I would be facing students with a lot of pent-up energy. And... I was proven right. (laughs) So if you are not aware, I mostly teach private lessons, but I also added four digital pianos to my studio last year and now offer a handful of group classes in the evenings as well. My group classes involve some collaborative group playing time, but the bulk of the hour is spent working independently on individual assignments. I know I owe you guys a full update on my group class experience, and it will happen one of these days. But last night, I had a particularly lively group of four middle schoolers here, and they were definitely more interested in catching up with one another and making each other laugh than playing the piano. Now, this is something that comes with the territory of group piano, for the record. You have to make peace with some extra chatter. But I needed to rally them all back to their piano brains, so here is what I did. I grabbed seven different pieces of sheet music, 
all on level for their group and each one a different style and character. Now, some of these pieces I had already planned to assign to students in that group and others I had just put in a reject pile when I was going through music. Well, I handed each one of my students an index card and I told them to number it one through seven. I proceeded to play snippets of each piece for them and I told them to write one of three things on their cards. They could rate each piece as yes, no, or meh. <laughs> now, if you're not aware, meh just means kind of indifferent. I told them that they were listening for pieces that they would enjoy playing, not to factor in what was difficult or easy, just what they would like to play. I explained writing yes did not mean they were automatically going to be assigned that piece, but we were just experimenting. Honestly, this started out as a way just to get them to calm down a little bit and use their listening ears, <laughs> but it ended up being so much more than that. I think we all know at this point how important it is to get student feedback on the pieces that they are playing especially contest pieces and recital repertoire and things we plan on them having around for an extended period of time. But I know that I am guilty of doing too much talking around these things and not enough playing. <laughs> yep, it all goes back to talking less and playing more. There's a whole episode on that and I will link it in the show notes for today's episode. <laughs> By playing a wide variety, seven pieces of different characters and affects, my students saw a bigger picture of the many personas that we can take on as pianists. By simply giving them a really easy ranking system, yes, no, or meh, I didn't put pressure on them to put together elaborate explanations or try to decide where their interest fell on a 10-point scale. Their reactions were pretty immediate and pretty clear. Many of us talk to our students often about what styles of music they enjoy or would like to play more of. I mean, I think that stuff is really important, but this is a little bit different. Mostly because when you ask a student what kind of music they like, their responses are limited to their experiences and their perspective. As music teachers, I really wish more of us would harness the power of our influence and help expose our students to a wider variety of music not with any pretense of trying to persuade them onto our side, just for the sake of showing them what exists in the world. I digress. <laughs> our little listening activity yesterday accomplished several things. First, it led to a really neat conversation about the kinds of artists my students wanted to be how they wanted to make people feel when they played, and how we really do get to be these actors who portray all sorts of different characters while we're at the instrument. That was a really fun conversation to have with middle schoolers. 
Second, it was the easiest repertoire planning session I have ever had. <laughs> you may know this about me, that I love planning student repertoire. It's one of my favorite parts of the job. I love choosing just the right piece for a student that is going to challenge them in all the right ways and make them shine for the unique player they are. And because I love that, I often spend a lot of time doing it, which is fine. I'm totally at peace with that. <laughs> but as I looked through my student response cards from last night, they each gave me a solid three or four pieces that I now know they are interested in studying next. Since I was careful to only play pieces at an appropriate level for them initially, there's really no more planning necessary on my part. I should say at this point that I think there is a lot of merit for doing a similar listening activity with advanced repertoire or pieces at different levels of study, they would just have different objectives. Upon taking on this activity last night, I also got this unfiltered glimpse into my students' perception of what they were hearing. Sure, I already knew that so-and-so would like piece number one and so-and-so would hate piece number four. But even I, a self-proclaimed student repertoire whisperer was surprised by some of my students' choices last night. In fact, I'd mentioned that I'd already had a few of those sheets pulled out to assign to some of those students, and ultimately I switched some things around based on their feedback. I really like to think I'm good at matching students' rep to their personalities, but obviously I am not perfect. It was proven last night. <laughs> so friends, I tell you all of this today to help remind you of a few quick things. Number one, play for your students. Play more for your students. <laughs> you know that saying of a picture is worth a thousand words? I think it goes double for music teachers. I say a demonstration is worth 2,000 words. <laughs> Number two, expose your students to lots of different styles of music. Because again, if we don't do it, who do we think will? Number three, let your students express their opinions in a variety of formats. Some of our students are terrific verbal processors. They tend to be easy teacher favorites. But for those who struggle to put their ideas into words, we need to give them easy opportunities to express themselves. In this case, by writing yes, no, and meh. <laughs> Kids love that dramatic inflection of meh, by the way. <laughs> Pro tip. Takeaway number four. Find ways to get your students invested in each other's music. If you only teach private lessons, which I did for a very long time, there are still ways to accomplish this by having students listen to one another for a minute or two as their lessons overlap, or by specifically scheduling some buddy lessons or supplemental group classes. Whatever the case, there is something magical that happens when students feel like in the know of what another student is playing. It's been one of my favorite parts of group teaching by far.
Okay, friends, that will pretty much do it for today. But you know how this goes. Please allow me to send you off today with a toast. Studio music teacher friends from all around the world. Today, we put on our thinking caps and remember that there are many simple ways that we can switch up our lesson routines when need be. I hope you took some inspiration from my suggestions today. May we all commit to talking less, playing more, and exposing our students to as many different styles of playing as possible. This is me raising my glass to you, my friend. Here, here. Thanks for joining me on episode 153, friends. You know, while I put this episode together, I kept wondering if it was too simple and too obvious. But I have learned that we all benefit from hearing what works and what doesn't work for our fellow teachers. So speaking of what works and what doesn't, I have this weekly reflections sheet that I use in my own studio to help me keep track of all of my studio-related to-dos. You know, things like books I need to order and activities I want to plan, It also includes sections of what went well and what didn't that week. I personally love being able to keep track of those things so that I have something to look back on in the future. And if you are interested in checking out that sheet, you can find it. It's free and it's downloadable to your device and it's available at christinawhitlock.com slash free where you will find a listing of all of my free offerings. And all you have to do is look for the weekly reflections printable. Thank you as always for listening and sharing this show with your teacher friends. Knowing that you are out there lending me your ears each week in the midst of your really busy schedules is an honor that I do not take lightly. So thank you for being here. And I will leave you with onward and upward, my dear teacher friends. I will see you next week.